I'm Maria Bat, and this is Sidewalk Talk um, from Shovel to Sidewalk, a small marketing firm in Buffalo, New York, and we are all about storytelling. And today we are going to be talking to, I'm going to be talking about, there's nobody else here with me. I'm going to be talking to Austin Tylek. He's an architect. He's the art alderman at large in North Tonawanda, and he's not even 62. He's like a younger <laughs> Mac getting all of this stuff done. How's it going, Austin? Hi. How are you, Maria? I'm well. Thanks for taking time out of your evening, actually. Evening. Yeah, right? It's almost 7 o'clock. So, what it, I don't think a lot of people know. What is an alderman at large? What does right. that mean? So, in North Tonawanda, we call them aldermans um, or alderwomans. It was an old term, from my understanding, from like... I think England at some point, but basically a city councilman. So it's a legislative branch of government uh, on a local level, at least too. Um, so, you know, our senators, they would be like the legislative part, but locally um, everyone has councilmen in each municipality. So it varies, but mostly there's about five, right? There's an odd number um, of council people and we legislate, um, from everything like our budget or we enact new laws like a smoking law or you know if we do parking bans or anything that I guess we would have to change for the city change for our citizens um, that's sort of what your councilmen do anything with money that's that's a big role of ours too um, and and government like any level it's checks and balances so you have your mayors or governors or presidents right just like you have councilmen or senators or assemblymen congress and so on right um so it's it's all about checks and balances so i'm uh, the citywide candidate there are two of us we run uh four-year terms but they run staggered right so but the three wards that we have they are two-year terms and um uh, we, like I said, have three wards here as well. So um, my term is up next November. So I'm, I have almost three years done and, and one more to go. So. And you're also an architect. And so where did you graduate from? So I went to the University of Buffalo for my undergrad and um, graduate. I got my master's there in architecture. Um, and, and then I went to North Tonawanda's public school, and I was in the um, Architecture and Engineering Academy, which was an interesting thing at the time because it was, uh, I was the first year that started in it, right? You go through the whole four years, and it's still going to this day. I think it's, I don't know, 13 years running or something, 13, 14. So it works, I guess, right? Yeah, that's great. That's, that, that, so that was new for you because they didn't have that for us. And I know my daughter, we were trying to see if it was something she was, but you have to make a commitment and yeah. see it through. Is it all four years? Yep. All four years. Oh, we didn't school? really get study halls and there's a lot of certain courses you have to take and so on like that. It was great. And you graduated and now you're working at a firm in Buffalo. You're downtown. Right. Right. So I was um, in intern during my master's degree they put me on and then you know rolled into full time there so it's it's great and we you know the great thing about it too is we do a lot of work for municipalities so there's like a lot of cross interactions you know i don't just meet local politicians because of 
my time in office, right? It's also the work that, that we do at the firm. And we do a lot of great things. We're full service firm, engineering, architecture, interiors, you know, water treatment plants, roads, uh, civic buildings, schools, it, you name it. So it's, it's pretty dynamic, I would say. What's a project that you've worked on that if you're living in Western New York that, you, that we might have noticed? So a couple of the newest ones, um, the uh, Aquarium of Niagara, that was a big project uh, that was for them, right? They had a penguin exhibit, but we worked on these sort of touch tanks. It's the Shark and Ray Bay, and um, it just came, or it just became open recently. And it's really neat. Um, see your son in the background too. He's just creeping like a ghost or something. You love that? <laughs> Always, he's obsessed with terrain. Look at him; I can see him. I'm not going to give him a sign. I'm not going to give him the satisfaction of looking at him. <laughs> but um, so the aquarium—that was a, a neat project. They have a great director there. His name's uh, Gary, and he's really moving and shaking and and getting as much as he he can done there. So um, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I haven't been there in 20 years." Well, it looks completely different just in the last few years. Um, and then one other notable project that we worked on uh is the erie uh ecmc right erie county medical center and that is uh their lobby edition it's very interesting design a lot of it had to do with sort of um the wind there too it has a bit of a curve a lot of glass planes uh and then we did the reskinning as well so new glazing there and we coated it a new sort of vibrant uh, color as well and then fixed up their big signs, you know, their notable signs as you're driving on the throughway, throughway, highway. So that was a pretty great project, especially for Buffalo. So, so are you are now? Are you in a larger firm or is it a bit smaller? Where because I know sometimes if you're in a really like, so I'm in advertising and marketing, and if you're in a big firm, you have like one little corner. And if you do design, you do design. If you do copywriting, you do copywriting. Right. And like, never the two should meet. Yeah. So did you, I mean, did, were you, did you have hands-on work from the first conception of the project and right through the end? Yeah, so our firm is pretty good when it comes to that. Uh, we have about 450 employees, but we're spread out through mostly New York, but we're in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, you know, we have more than like uh, one firm. Rochester's our home base, I would say. But in Buffalo, we have about 40 employees in our office there. And when I started, we had about 12. So it's quite an expansion. I've been there about five years, it's five full years about. And um, it's, I, you know, they try and get everyone hands-on right at the get-go assign people to projects start to finish and i would say yes usually if if it's a huge firm right maybe someone like canon everyone knows canon design they're sometimes known for you know you do details or you work on bathrooms right we, we call sometimes we call them cad monkeys right they're just the way only working on cad same thing and so on but luckily you know myself and others we don't that's not the case at cpl so pretty it's nice and you get to meet clients too you go to meetings is even in your like first year there so we build models renderings i have done hundreds of renderings for the company so it's a little fun thing right at the get-go that you 
you get to show clients they get all excited about. So that design aspect was really good too because it I ended up using a lot of those traits that I have for my campaign. You know, I'll continue to use them and it, it's a great way to get people visualization of what you want to do. I designed all my marketing stuff for my campaign as well. I think I told you that at one point. So it, there's, there's stuff like that that makes it cheaper, I guess, to run a campaign, a little bit easier. It makes me a little bit more neurotic too. I'm very particular, but everything was like cohesive and, and so on, right? You in the marketing sector, you can appreciate it. Yeah, and I think if you have an eye for design, everything in your life has to kind of make sense. Right. Like, I know I justify things to a certain side, no matter what it is that I'm doing. I know that I have a certain number of elements in all of my designs. I tend to do threes, everything in like threes, you know, with everything, whether it's at home or I'm cooking or it's at work, like it kind of bleeds into everywhere. So you said there's a lot of crossover um, in your, we'll say civic life and your life in the private sector. So you're, and I don't want to focus too much on your age. However, you are young to have a career that you're firmly in and to have a home in the town that you grew up in, which I think so many people either they want to get out or they think they want to get out like immediately and just run from that city like it's on fire and go anywhere else. Um, and then you're also a part of that city's government. So, and you start, I feel like you're starting that so early. What was it? When, when did you know that you wanted to take a larger role in your community? Um, so when I was in my master's program, my dad actually wanted to run for mayor because he was a county legislator for 18 years, but he stopped when I was like in fourth grade or fifth grade or something. So, um, you know, he, he started get back and he got back into the swing of it. The democratic party asked him to run. And so he ran, but I knew nothing of politics. You know, I designed stuff for him. It was kind of fun to do, but I didn't understand really anything. You know, it was just, okay, you campaign, you run around, you do that. It didn't make too much sense. But, but what I started to learn was a lot of the ins and outs of government in general and, you know, what, what bad stuff's going on, maybe what good stuff. But in my, in my eyes at the time, it was definitely more bad than good, right? You didn't know what was going on in your community. No one showed up to council meetings. It just wasn't, I would say, it wasn't sexy. And I felt that my generation was missing out on something because we have people that are, and it's no offense to age, right? People have criticized me for age, but God forbid I ever say anyone's older, right? And then the shoe's on the other foot, but it doesn't fit the same way. Um, but you know, you have maybe 60, 70 year olds as the majority on your council making decisions for maybe my generation. And you know, that there's, there's a ripple effect, right? So their decisions will affect the next 50 years of our lives. And that, that sort of bothered me because I, I feel that just like checks and balances, balance is a huge thing. And, and I didn't think that government as a whole across the nation, especially locally, there's not a balance between ages or backgrounds or anything of that sort. So, you know, I, he lost, my dad lost to summarize that. 
And, you know, it just sort of sparked something in me. I was going to council meetings then. I was like the only one in the room a lot of the times. And it was just like so weird because they were just speaking to themselves basically and like, you know, good job and this and that. So it was funky. And I know that they like suspected something because there was a point when I was like, you know, maybe I'll run. And everyone was like, in my group was just like, you know, you're so young, what are you going to do? Uh, it, it was definitely funky. Like, I haven't thought about it in a while, but, um, but people were supportive and then things just started picking up and I learned more and I started to get out there more. I started joining all these volunteer groups as well, even prior to announce, way prior to announcing. I was in all these groups and learning about the community and, and you were right to say, I'm jumping around, but you were right to say, you know, friends of mine, like either they wanted to move or maybe they did move and so on. And that was a huge thing for me too. It bothered me that friends were moving away because, you know, rather than run away from something you don't like, I always thought then try and fix it, right? But there's different personalities. If you don't like something, change it, you know? And maybe the change is change your environment in the sense where you run off to New York City or something, but um, you can also make a, an impact in your community and change it that way. So. That was sort of my thinking at the time, at least. Sorry to ramble. No, well, that's kind of like the point, right? Where I'm inter trying to get information out of you. I'm trying to use to tell your story. So okay. good job rambling. <laughs> um, so I think um, we've seen a lot of things get started. I mean, it's been a crazy couple of years. And again, trying not to get very political. However, I mean, there have been more, at least from the times that, I mean, I have been aware and paying attention. So the last, I don't know, 25 years or so, um, yeah. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's more protests, there's more civil disobedience, there's more mm -hmm. younger groups of kids. I mean, look what happened from like the Parkland shooting and what like mm -hmm. these, these kids did to mobilize themselves. Um, and I don't know if it's maybe, you know, you, you see that and it's huge and it's a big impact, but then you're kind of waiting for like the real work to begin after, after it shows up after. So I think it's, like you said, staying and actually making that change. And what, what, would, what would you say to those groups of people that are, they're trying to do something, they're trying, and I think everybody has, it's, it's kind of like sitting on like a board of a nonprofit organization. Everybody has these awesome ideas. And we should do this. And you can ask this person for money. We need to have this fundraiser. And you're like, okay, great. Who's going to be on the action committee for it? And it's like, right. wow, well, well, you yeah. are going to do Don't it. Don't raise their hand, yeah. It's right come up with ideas so I, I think i understand your question right so i like i said you know people like these big rallies or protests or so on right i always felt that it's great number one sometimes i think that they might not have good direction about what they're supposed to do or how to do it or um you know kids are pretty educated nowadays though everything's on your phone and by kids i mean you know, like even my, like kids, right? In their twenties or something. I don't know, kids, but um, they're pretty educated, right? But sometimes there's blinders too. It's just like you focus on one thing and, and then you just go out there and you hold up signs and you're, 
it's about the energy and the people you're with. And a lot of times I feel like it might not even be about the cause. It's just about, you know, the sense of community and majority and, and so on. And I commend the people that do that. I, I don't think I've ever gone and held a sign and protested for something, right? Um, but at least what it does is it makes politicians listen then, right? Because the more they see people get involved and speak up and, and do things, they are gonna react. A lot of times it's for votes, right? Which is the sad part. But in reality, it's supposed to be because that's your constituency and that's what they want. Like if people told me, like the majority tells me that, you know, they want an amusement park in the city, you know, then that's what the majority wants, right? And you work it out and so on. I mean, that's a weird example, but um, so what I always tell people to do, instead of only focusing on national politics, right? Because the voter turnout is always higher with your presidents and your governors, and it's always the lowest with your local officials, right? Maybe it's somewhere around 20 some percent, I think, when I ran, and it's, it's a normal thing. It's just, it was a little bit higher for when I ran from previous years, but for whatever reason, um, but it, it's low. I'd say reach out to your local officials. So many people reach out to me, they have no idea how to get involved, what to do, so on. And you know, you get them involved in a campaign, you get them involved in volunteer groups they had no idea about. It's, it's really start on a local level and it takes time, which my generation does not care to, you know, now, everything has to be done now. They, it's not wait a while and, and, and build the momentum. It, it seems like, it, I get it. I, I'm that way too. It's like, I don't wanna wait around, like let's get it done. Um, but get, get involved in your local politics and those are the people that will call you back, that will do what they can, you know, that affect your taxes on a significant level. You know, if you have a few percent tax increase, that could be a couple hundred dollars, depending on what your house is assessed at. You know, I, I think people need to pay more attention locally is really what it comes down to. Um, and it could be a great way to make a huge impact. I think a lot of people forget about their local politics. I mean, I would say, and I might be making a generalization, but I would say that a huge percentage of people living in North Tonawanda couldn't name two to three people on the council, perhaps. Yeah, they um, might know their faces because they saw them at like the Democrat yeah. or the Republican booth mm -hmm. at the um, Canal Fest, not sure. this year, but um, why is it so, and maybe it's because it's not so like sexy, like you say, but why, why do people need to start paying more attention to their local politics and make it um, in their community and start really mm -hmm. giving a shit and, and, and not just giving a shit because I think everybody does, but putting the work in like you did, where if you don't like something, if there's something you're uncomfortable with, if there's something that you see that needs to be fixed, that you should try to fix it. Right. So there's a couple pieces that first one that comes to mind is not everyone should run for office, right? A, a lot of times, like I was just having this discussion, there's, there's a great individual named Chad and he runs um, something called Lumber City Church or the Hope Center in our local area. And the other day he brought together community members, police department, couple fire department people to you know, get hundreds of boxes of food and gifts and hand it out to families that are in need, like real need in North, in North Tonawanda. 
And I, I had, I think I was in a discussion with, anyways. Um, but point being is like, someone like him is better suited in that position. And I know he'd rather just be in that position than running for office. He can make more of an impact there because honestly, there's less nonsense you have to deal with. There's less hoops, you know? Politicians love to support organizations, people like that, because um, it's great for our community. Some focus more on like the PR of it. They show up to an event, take a photo of themselves and run off. Um, but, but that's, like I'm saying, you know, some run for office, some are in that sense, that should be their role, advocate for the community in that way. Some volunteer basis, you know, some leadership volunteer basis, like, like our friend Chad, um, but I, to circle, you had another question that I, it, at the beginning of that, that I missed a little bit. Mm. Mm. Um, Why I, get involved? Why yeah. get involved? And especially locally. So something I would say is anyone who complains about anything in their city is a reason itself, right? Whether it's potholes or if it's your taxes or your water or you want more park amenities or you know why do we have old signs i don't you know anything like that getting involved could be as simple as writing an email to your local councilman right or just voting voting i don't i don't see any excuse not to vote at this point you know that's to me everyone is so lucky to have a voice in america in general that there's no reason why people shouldn't be voting even if you don't know every single candidate and so on, a lot of times it's your party sort of affiliates with those people, right? Your party, those people that are involved, endorse candidates. They believe in candidates, right? Because they stand for those values. So if you know what your party values, say the Democratic Party, then trust the party, right? To some extent, or at least know a member in that party on the committee, your local committee, who can advocate for those candidates, right? And you can go down the line, I guess, which I don't always advocate for, but if you don't know, that's your best route, but you should vote. You know, you could vote for one person and walk out. Even if there's like 20 candidates, just vote for one that you know, and then walk out if you like what they stand for, so. Um, but yeah, it, people should just be involved, right? It, everyone talks about decades ago, everyone was so community oriented, sitting on their porch, like you'd go to your neighbor for a cup of milk and so on like that. I mean, times change, but that idea of community involvement, community engagement shouldn't, right? We might not need milk from our next door neighbor because we have Instacart, but you should still just be focusing on what's going on in your community and find a way to get involved. Well, and community enrichment is, super important and i know that's one thing that i have heard other people um say about you is that you're very accessible you're very easy to get a hold of and you really seem to care maybe it's a huge act you really seem to care <laughs> i'm just kidding about building this community up and i think um I don't, I think it's, it's cool that you already have this figured out and you get, was, were your parents, was that really important to them that, did you get that from them? Because you're right. It's, you know, the way it used to be the good old days, the whatever I knew, I know my grandmother. So my, my grandmother, little Italian lady, she lives on summer street. My dad grew up on summer street and she used to be like, 
back then, all the Italians lived on the street. The Polish right. people lived on the avenues, the avenues you know, yep. right? right? And, you know, but we all helped each other. We all talked to each other, you know, and that's the way it used to be. But I think people want it to be that way now. And I think enriching the community and kind of like what you're saying, like you don't, Right. there's the quote like you you know if you think that one person can't make an impact try going to sleep with a mosquito in your room well that's an interesting right that one i know because how annoying is that mosquito right? of west nile like i don't or malaria or something i don't get it just that well i need to think about it was anita roddick who was an awesome businesswoman and activist but she also owned the body shop yeah. like lotions and like oh okay i thought you meant like you know? cars i was like all right no the body shop like lotions and they had like the hemp lip balm and stuff um but you know i think a lot of us sit in our homes and think like yeah it would be great if things were like that it would be great if like the potholes were fixed it'd be great if i knew more of my neighbors but i'm just like one per i'm just gonna stay here i'm just one person and we'll just whatever will happen is gonna happen okay so i agree i think everyone we're all social animals to a different extent and you had asked about my parents. We're, we're a pretty social family. We are, our roots are pretty deep. I think I'm like fifth generation under something, in the, which is kind of crazy. Um, like my great grandpa started the Parks and Rec department. You know, Pop Ramsey was his name. And at that time it was as simple as just buying a bunch of mitts and handing them out to kids and bats and balls and whatever and running for it. You know, and that was a huge piece, now that it's clicking in my head, that was a huge piece of this sort of Polish-Italian divide at the time, right? You had the German sector over on like the northern end of NT avenues, like you said, were Polish, and then Italians were maybe more towards downtown. And like, I remember my grandma, and she's, well, she's still alive, Grandma Jean, and she said, you know, well, we didn't really hang out with the Italians and so on. And what the Parks and Rec Department did is actually brought a lot of people together. You know, it was, it wasn't about race, it, that, you know, race, right? But different um, backgrounds. It was just about sports and, you know, engaging each other and so on. That was a huge thing. And that's part of that word community enrichment, I think, at least, is, you know, focusing on that piece of the community to bring people together in social events, whether it's like the ice rink at Christiana Street now that we have, and now there's going to be two, right, for skating, for ice hockey, and then casual skating, but, you know, or all the parks that we have, whether it's the disc golf, you know, or we have baseball fields and so on, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we really should be focusing on is getting people out of their houses, getting them together, which this is such a tough time to do, but it'll be over soon, and we'll be have to hit the ground running again. And luckily our parks and rec departments doing everything they can to keep people engaged. But, you know, I think people just need routes to do that. And you need progressive government leaders that are focused on things like that, understanding, investing in programs like our parks and rec department, our public amenities in order to build up your community, whether it reduces drug usage because there's more eyes on the street there's people out there caring about their community it increases property value you know if we renovate a park you better believe that houses around it are going to go up and that means we're going to get a few more dollars in our pocket because they're assessed at a higher amount right that's long-term thinking but I, I know there's a lot in this conversation here but 
but there's a lot too. Community enrichment isn't just one thing. It has such a large impact depending on what, what direction you go with it and you know how progressive that word you want to be. I did quotes. You don't like quotes, right? No, it's not it's that I don't insane. like them. I just realized that one day I, I did them like constantly. You were beating yourself up over it. I think because I don't do them often and then it just, just like, oh my God, I did it. It was like my hands had a life of their own. I didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> so hopefully I answered that question. Sometimes I just talk and talk and talk, talk, talk. No, it's the same thing. I started, I think I started asking the question and ended up like in a completely different question by the time I was done. Yeah. Um, you know, something else I'm curious about is you know, for such a long time, at least while I was growing, probably while anybody was growing up, your local leaders tended to be um, older, paler, um, more of like a, a, a man. Um, man as opposed to. <laughs> anything else. Um, but I mean, I can, I can, if I, and I used to go, like there were a couple, because my dad was a firefighter, so there were a couple of council meetings that I would go to because, you know, they wanted to close a fire station and we all like picketed before and then we all went in and every time I went, the panel always looked exactly the same. There would be maybe a token woman and then, but that was as crazy as it got. And yeah. then it was a bunch of like, I mean, older white guys. And I guess a, a while ago, that's the way it was. But how important is it for it to be more balanced for people who maybe think, I don't know, no, nobody's going to vote for me, or I'm of this orientation, or I'm this color, or, you know, I'm of this religion, you know, they're not going to talk to me anyways. I'm too, like, left to center. I'm too conservative. You know, why do we need more people from each, every little, like, corner to come out and, and if not even if you have a seat at the table, but make sure that you're heard at the table. Sure. So, I mean, we can, I'll try and talk as candidly as possible with it. But I mean, people always say, why, like in Congress years back, why do you have a bunch of older white men talking about, you know, women's bodies and what they should do legally, right? And that makes perfect sense. You know, oh, we have consultants or something, you know. But on a local level, it's just sort of how it, turned into it, I guess, right? Well, the baby boomers, that's baby boomers, and now my generation's the offspring. We're the ones who are supposed to take the torch out of baby boomers' hands, right? And I think that's where right now there's a, a you know, there's, there's confrontation between the two. I, and I'm jumping a little bit, but it, it's not easy to let the next generation take the wheel to some extent. And I think now's that weird transition where people are really noticing the confrontation between like that generation, which tended leadership tended to be older white gentlemen. And, uh, and now it's, it's starting to diversify. And I was, I was never of the sense it's, you got to walk a fine line where, Oh, we just need a bunch of different people because that's it. Well, you need qualifications too, right? Man, woman, it's there's qualifications as elected officials you could really be anything. You don't need a degree to do it, right? You could be just a really community oriented person or own a business or, you know, be a mom of 10 kids who just understands maybe the school district really well and what needs improving. So, I mean, everyone has something to bring to the table, some more than others. Um, and that's why diversity, not just on a white male sense, you know, and 
that way, diversity is just important in general. So I think people are intimidated to get into politics too. You know, people don't want to deal with the crap. You know, you got nasty mallers that go out. I had my opponent put two stupid mallers out against me, one before the primary, right, to manipulate voters to thinking, well, I think he put like, oh, he's a recent college grad. Like, oh, how terrible that I decided. Oh my God, that, that's awful. Yeah, apply myself and and until four in the morning, sleepless nights, like through architecture. It's, oh, terrible. And, and you know, it's a funny thing is I grew up with my opponent's son. We were best friends. So it was, it, it was just weird because it was like, my dad was like, well, it'd almost be like saying his son could never do this, right? That was, you know what I mean? Because his son was going through school too at the same time. We were the exact same age in high school and so on. He's like, what, he wouldn't think his son could do this job? You know, so it was just that kind of, but back to the point, if people just, you know, maybe they don't want to get involved. They don't know how to get involved. There's nasty things that happen in politics. It tends to be dirty, right? There's, there's, there needs to be a more positive light on it, more approachability to it. That's what I, I'm trying to bring to it at least. You know, like you said, I'm always available. People can text me or call me, Facebook message, Instagram, people show up at my house, Snapchat, you know, it's just email, obviously. And uh, some of the, you know, some other council members don't always agree with how people want to communicate with us, but have at it. Like, you know, it's either way, it's, it's all on your phone and the message is a message and however it works for other people, we got to make it work. You know, like, like our meetings, they weren't live. They weren't videoed, nothing like that. And I was like, why are we so behind in the times where we, we do you have something you have to, that's okay. If you have to, oh, um, I'm, I'm muted. You're okay. Go ahead. But you know, some, that was really important to me. Why can people not access our council meetings live? Uh, while they're sitting at home, whether it's because you maybe have trouble getting around, maybe maybe you're older, right? Maybe you're feeding a family and you're trying to cook dinner while paying attention to a council meeting. So um, it's it's up to us. Tough with politicians. Got to find a way to keep our residents involved. And, and sometimes we got to spoon feed information, but that's just part of the job. I'm gonna have one more question for you, and. That is, why if somebody does want to get involved in their community, not necessarily politics, mm -hmm. but they want they either see something that needs to be fixed or they want to be a part of a movement, they want to be part of something. Um, what's the first step? How can people be more involved in their community? So, depending on what they want to do, I, I again go back to. You know, right away, you can always go to your council person. You should be able to and just say, hey, I really want to beautify this park, right? And go to your council. Bring it. We love it. We love when people come up with ideas. A lot of times, politicians aren't that creative. So when people give them ideas, they run with it. Sometimes they take more credit than they should, but they run with it or they, you know, a good leader gives people the tools to do what they want to do, I, I feel. And so guiding people along that's part of the responsibility that we have as well you know we might not always be the one picking up the shovel but if we can show someone where the shovel is right in a metaphorical sense um that that's us doing our part uh, so on another piece of that i mean you could just join any organization 
that you know about, join, meet some people and start to expand your base, your network of people that you know, or just start doing something. And sometimes it just builds, right? If people just wanted to start planting flowers and, and it started to build into a organization, right? That now gets grants to invest in new planters or maybe art installations and so on. So um, just sometimes say, just do anything. Doing anything is sometimes better than just doing nothing, right? The people that get criticized uh, for, for doing stuff, for making mistakes, are the people that at least did something. You know, you can't really do something wrong if you're not doing anything at all. You don't have to worry about saying the right thing or having all like the perfect plan or anything. Just try. Right. Do anything. Do anything. <laughs> The moral of this whole thing is to do anything and, and younger people too. So not, don't wait until you have kids and you're, you're, you're in a home and you have a 401k start a little bit younger. Sure. Yeah. And, and I would like to make the point, we do not need a bunch of 20 some year olds on every local government and that's just not going to work. Like erratic. Yeah, you don't want that. It would be out of control. Maybe there'd be drinking involved at council meetings. Who knows? But no, there's none of that. But but yeah, exactly. I mean, just getting involved in whatever capacity people feel necessary, I suppose. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate, um, regardless of what side anybody is on, I appreciate anybody who seems to care about their community and wants to make it a better place than when they leave it than when they first got there so however long we have you i appreciate that you're trying to make it a better place while you're still here well thank you so I thank you thank you for uh, the questions as well you're welcome hopefully they weren't too all over the place um, i tend to think of things on my feet um so okay so that's our our that's sidewalk talk if um you are listening to this or you're watching us on YouTube and you have just been completely blown away and want to watch the rest of them. Um, you can go to shovelthesidewalk.com. You can watch them. You can listen to them. We are also streaming, um, on Spotify or Apple or what other, other pod, pod bean. There's a bunch of them. I don't even know them all. Um, but look for us. And if you have a story or you know somebody whose story needs to be told, we have a forum on our website that you can fill out. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank <laughs> you.